0: Let's say goodbye to all your worries about tax planning, investment troubles, and any confusion when it comes to managing your finances and money. Here at Rocky Hill Accountants, our team has a combined 35 years of experience and will help you do it right. We're dedicated to your needs and will deliver on a result that is professional and trustworthy. Our firm is large enough to offer a full range of professional services, but small enough to give you the individual attention that you deserve. Our business portfolio includes thousands of prepared tax returns for individuals, families, partnerships, businesses, and more. The team at Rocky Hill Accountants are also thoroughly trained in tax laws and procedures. We have the ability to represent taxpayers before the IRS when they arrive at collections, audits, and appeals. This allows us to offer our accuracy and audit guarantee to tax clients. Please visit our website at RockyHillAccountants.com or give us a call at 860-257-4238 to schedule an appointment. It's off to Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? High fly ball, right field. Grossman back, track, wall.
2: I am Steve Risser, along with Justin D'Onofrio. An NBA free agency has started, and it, and it went off with a bang. And but we'll start with the team that that uh that didn't sign the uh to the big free agents, but made a key trade. Obviously, you saw on draft night the Lakers traded Russell Westbrook, and then for trade for Russell Westbrook, and then yesterday they signed Carmelo Anthony. And looking at this team with Carmelo, looking at this team with uh with with Carmelo, with with LeBron, with AD, and with and with uh and, and with 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 uh Westbrook. This team looks like they're the best team in the NBA right now. I know the Nets signed Patty Mills, but right now I think the Lakers are the best team in the NBA with, with what they did. They gotta stay healthy. And I like the mellow move. Out. Yeah, I'm not the biggest mellow fan as a Knicks fan. I don't think oh here we go. Here we go with Obi. Lakers buying another championship. And you know I, I but I just feel like that's what you that's you gotta do in the NBA. You know that's yeah. just how the NBA is that's you are sure. you <laughs> Is is Westbrook trustworthy? A good question by Ovi. Uh no, he's not. He's not. And that then he's gonna have to change his game. And I'm I am not a Russell Westbrook guy. I'll admit that he's gonna to, to change his game. He's gonna to have to suit his game to, to facilitate. I know he facilitates well, but he can't, you know, be ball dominant. He's gotta to have to get the ball to LeBron. He's gonna to have to get the ball to AD. He's gonna to have to get the ball to Melo. And here's the number one thing he's gotta do. He's got to be able to shoot threes. He can't be terrible from three point range because teams are going to know that when they play in the playoffs. Teams are just going to sag are going to sag off the three point line. They're they're going to give him that shot. He's not going to be able to penetrate. He's not going to be able to get to the basket to get get LeBron or Melo an open look. So he's got to be able to shoot some threes. But I still think with the talent on that team, I think right now they are the best team in the NBA. But Justin, do you think they're the best team in the NBA?
3: I think on paper they are. I would not take them to win the finals. They're not my favorite to win finals. Uh, what they did with Russell Westbrook, yeah, they needed a point guard. They didn't like Schroeder. I don't see it working out um, with Westbrook because those three, I don't you know. I don't know if Russell Westbrook's going to be, be able to take that um, back seat. But I do like what the Lakers did. They got deeper. That was one of their problems last year. They got Malik Munt. They got Kendrick Nunn as well. They signed THT back, um, Tanhor and Tucker back. Horton Tucker, you know, Yeah, so yeah, – so, you know they got Howard. I think they got worse on the defensive side of the ball a little bit. Um, but I, I do, I do like what the Lakers are doing. Yeah, you know they kind of got. You know some of those guys kind of took a pay cut to come to the Lakers. But it is what it is. Guys want to go win a ring nowadays, and all the, I don't know, all the guys want to go team up for a uh, super team.
2: Yeah, and we and we asked the question when the won that championship. Our super teams stopping, and they—they—they they, they have not. The super teams have definitely not stopped. They're—they're still—they're still, they're, they're still going to be going. And I think a big reason for that was guys got hurt in this postseason. I think a lot of people look at this postseason. No disrespect to the Bucks, but they look at it as a postseason where guys got hurt. A big reason why the Suns got to the finals was because AD was out and Kawhi was out. And a big reason the Bucks got to the finals was because Harden and, and Kyrie were hurt. That's just—I'm not making excuses. That's just the reality of the situation. So teams are not, players are not going to be loyal to their teams. I feel like the super team thing is going to be going on. I think it's going to be going on. For years
3: yeah no totally you know yeah look because the net would have swept the bucks probably if um, Harding Kyrie didn't get hurt they were up by 30 going the second quarter in game two you know they they had no shot yeah the Lakers losing AD was was huge I think he's really their most important player when he's healthy you know he's got to be the one and uh, a good,
2: good, good, uh, we got a comment. We blame it on LeBron, and and I, I'm for player mobility. But for people who don't like super teams, you absolutely could blame it on LeBron because he was the he was the one that started it. He was the one that on national TV announced that I'm taking my South Beach taking my talents to South Beach and I'm joining the Miami Heat. So yes, I'm I'm for player mobility. I, I, I like I, I don't mind player mobility. But for people that don't like player mobility, you definitely could blame it on LeBron. And you're probably and I know you're somebody who doesn't like player mobility, Justin.
3: Yeah, I think there's too much. I don't mind if a guy jumps around, but I think there's too much of it now where guys just do not want to stay with their own team when the situation gets, you know, a little, you know, when there's a little tension. It, guys just want to get out of there, and it, it's, it hurts the rest of the league. Yeah, it was great the Bucks won it, but to your point, the injuries, yeah, it would have been the Lakers and the Nets if those injuries did not happen. If it was a normal year, it would have been the Nets and Lakers. And, I, you know, again, we're probably going to get it next year because, you know, we're going to be back to a normal season. But yeah, I don't you know. I don't mind a little bit of player, mo- you know, mobility because they, they, you know, they should have the right when their contract's up to move around. But I don't. Most of it is with the trades and guys forcing their way on the team. That's yeah, what which, I cannot
2: stand. Yeah, I know you can't stand it. In my opinion, though, if if, if management's not doing enough to keep to, to keep you, and here here's another one: players don't want to lead. They quit when things go go right, and they leave. To go to another organization, it's today. It's today's NBA generation. Oh, you know, we hit the nail on the head. That's what they do. That's what you saw. You, you, you saw it with LeBron. You saw it with Durant. You saw it with you saw it with James Harden this year. You've seen it for years. You've seen it for you for years with Kyrie Irving. You've seen it with a lot of these superstars. They, they and you saw obviously you saw it with AD in New Orleans. And you're now you might be seeing it with Damian Lillard. They don't want us. They don't want – yeah, he, he said it. they don't want. They don't want to lead. They want to join super teams, and they want to get rings that way. And uh, Ovi's probably a, a, an NBA fan from the 80s where, you know, Magic would have never thought to team up with Berg. Or, uh, yeah, they, they would have never well, thought of teaming up. It. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley has said, "I never wanted to team up with Michael Jordan. I would have never teamed up with Michael Jordan." Or Carl Malone was Carl Malone, Carl Malone probably would have never teamed up with Michael Jordan. Same with Reggie Miller. Like you got great players like Carl Malone. Can Phoenix hang with the hang? Hang on. Can Phoenix hang on with the Lakers? Can Phoenix hang with the La- with the Lakers? I don't know. I, re- I and we'll get to Phoenix, we'll get to because we, obviously we got Chris Paul news, but. With the with those with the, with those four, three guys healthy Westbrook, uh, uh, Ad and LeBron, I, I don't I don't think so. I really don't. I think yes. If you look at that series against the Phoenix, the Lakers were up two one and were in control of Game Four before Ad got hurt, and then that series went south. I do think they could give them if they play in like a Western Conference Final, maybe you know a six game series. But I just think what Phoenix is missing is is that second superstar that the Lakers have. And then they have another, you know, top 25 player in Russell Westbrook. So, if they were – if the Lakers were healthy and were the Suns healthy, the, the I don't – I personally don't think they could beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. Justin, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Suns probably give them five, six-game series. Yeah, I just – I don't think the Suns have enough depth. Yeah, they're missing that other star. As long as A.D., Russell, LeBron are, are healthy, um, it, it's going to be tough. Aiden, Aiden was really, really good, but – yeah, I think they would need like a um, Bridges to really have a big series. They, they they need to have some other guys step up to win. You know, four games that series, Porter wouldn't be able to carry it. I think the Lakers have too much depth now.
2: Yes, and not, and speaking of the Suns, we'll talk about it, we'll talk about Chris Paul. And he signed a you know four year. I think it was he signed a four year 120. Uh, one one four years one twenty with the Sun with the Suns. So he's back with the team. Him and uh, him and. Uh, Devin Booker, the Suns are definitely going to regret the back end of that deal because you know Chris Paul will be forty while that deal while that deal ends. But still, I mean, th- with this move, I still think with Kawhi out, you could yeah, the Western Conference is stacked. I mean, with with don't forget about the Nuggets with uh, Jamal Murray, don't forget about the Mavericks with Luca. And, it's, and it's, he's probably going to be even better next year. And then uh, obviously the Clippers, if they can get Kawhi back. But I still think that the Suns, if Suns with Kawhi out, I think they might they are the second best team in the Western Conference with Chris Paul on that team. I, so I do think this is a good move for the Suns to to, to to get Chris Paul. I don't know if it gets if it gets them past the Lakers when they're healthy, but you never know. You can't count on AD to stay healthy, so. Yeah, and you never know what what can happen with LeBron next year. He could he could fall off. He 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 might not be as good. So you never know. They could get back to the finals. I think that's a big reason why they made that move.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, they're running it back. They you know I think it's a team that was right there. You know, it, you know, right there in the finals, lost tough in the box. Yeah, you know, they signed Karen Payne back, so they kind of are going back with the same squad. I do think they're going to be right there, two, three. You know, we'll see what the Mavs do and how the Warriors look with Clay coming back, hopefully. Um, So, yeah, I think they, right now, they're right there, the second best team. Um, But, yeah, on the back end of that deal could really um, backfire against the Suns. But I think, you know, for these first, for the first two years of this deal, you know, if he can get you a ring, I think it'd be worth it. It, You know, um, you know, if they can somehow get a trade for somebody, I don't, you know, I know they're, I think about 10 million away from Kind of right at the cap line, so I don't, you know, they'd have to do some maneuvering. But if they can get somebody in there, then yeah, you know, the Suns are going to be able to give the Lakers all they can handle.
2: Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. It'll be interesting there. So we'll talk about a couple of other guys who signed big deals. We heard, obviously, heard about Steph Curry. You know, he signed. He's, he's getting paid fifty-three million a year, so he, he signed an extension with the Warriors, four years, two hundred and fifteen million. You know, I, I I like that deal. Curry can curry prove this year why he was a top five player. I mean, he carried that team. That team is probably the worst team in basketball if Steph Curry's not on it. You saw that the previous year they were. So Steph Curry carried that team. Didn't get to get into the playoffs, but got him pretty much one game away from the playoffs. So and they almost they almost beat the Lakers. So in that first game, and they lost to Memphis. Uh, in 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 the. Uh, in the, in the second game of the play tournament. But it's just, it, it just, yeah, so so a good move by Golden State. Then, obviously, they got to hope Clay Thompson is, in health, is healthy. And that's another team in the West you forget about because if, if Thompson – we don't know if he's going to be that player, but if Thompson's the player he was, you know, three or four years ago, that's another, you know, NBA Finals contender.
3: Absolutely. You know, with those two, the Splash Brothers, yeah, I know they're trying to make another move here um i could maybe see them getting maybe cool you know i don't think why it's going to lead the clippers but if he does i think the warriors are probably the team that he goes to um you know curry's the first player ever to sign two two 200 million dollar contracts his final year he's getting 59.6 million dollars which is insane to make him one season um but yeah if, if clay can come back and it's going to be two years so you know it, it's going to be tough to tell if he's Going to be the same guy or not? You hope he is, for the uh, sake of the Warriors and you know for everybody to have him come back normal. But yeah, this team is definitely could be a contender um, in that Western Conference as, as long as they stay healthy. And that's kind of the big key for Golden State. But yeah, you know even you know even if Thompson does get hurt or something, yeah, Curry could get this team to a playoff, be like a seven eight seed, and they could be a they're they're a dangerous seven. Sanity. They they had the Lakers. As you mentioned pretty much, uh, in the fourth quarter they they did have a lead there for a few minutes. just you know, they didn't have enough.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. We'll look at the team that got to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. They obviously you know locked up Trey Young and they locked up John Collins. They're a team that's they team that's going to be a contender for a while. If John Collins could take a jump, if one of those guys could take a, if John Collins could take a jump and become an even better player. That team's gonna be that team's gonna be right there with the with the Bucs, with the Nets, with the uh with the Heat with the Heat with seeing what the Heat did with the Heat in the Eastern Conference.
3: And yeah, the Sixers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Trey Young had an unbelievable playoffs. Um you
2: know. Uh, we may have lost
3: Justin there, but
2: you um, good, Justin?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Um yeah, Trey Young had an unbelievable playoffs you know. Put himself, cement himself in that kind of like superstar category now. Yeah, John Collins can kind of take that next step. You know, this the Hawks should be a contender for the next few years in the Eastern Conference with those two. Um, they have some nice key pieces. You know, Cam Reddish is going to come back. Um, Herder, um, you know, Bogdanovich. So they they have some nice pieces. So yeah, they should be contenders in the Eastern Conference for years to come.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll look at two teams that may that I think won the trade deadline. One was the Miami Heat, and one was the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about the Miami Heat as their no, I mean, I mean free agency. I mean, sorry about that, but yeah. So it's the Heat and the Bulls winning free. I think we got the Heat and the Bulls winning free agency. We'll start with the Heat and uh, the move. The move to get Kyle Lowry that was a really good move. That shows you that they're going for it. They're probably going to sign Butler to an extension. So you got that big three with Jimmy Butler with uh with Bam Adebayo and with Kyle Lowry, uh, and then they they signed Duncan Robinson too. So. The, this, the Miami Heat right now, where would you put them in the Eastern Conference? I'm thinking, like, I definitely have the Nets. I definitely have them behind the Nets and the box. But after that, you could argue they're better than the Sixers. They're better than the Hawks. You could argue with, with with the moves they made. And, you know, last season, I think they were a little bit fatigued with the bubble. You could argue the Heat are a top three team in the Eastern Conference.
3: Yeah, I have them third. I think they are right now better than the Sixers. I, you know, who knows what happens with Ben Simmons and what they get back. But – yeah, I have him third right now. I like the addition to Kyle Lowry. I like the epi- of addition to PJ Tucker. He just he's another great defender, and you know the Miami Heat love that. So, yeah, I, I you know Lowry kind of figures out their point guard situation with Butler with Bam. I do think the Heat are a top three contender. Eric Spoelstra, one of the best coaches in the NBA. I the Heat are going to be right there, and, and in a division two, which outside of the Hawks is really not much worry. I guess you know the Hornets are probably going to be. Maybe like a seven, eight seed bubble or a yeah, playing team, but you know, Magic, the Magic and Washington are rebuilding, so you know, it, it, so it's an easier division. But yeah, I think the Heat are going to be a top three team in the Eastern Conference.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll talk about the other team, and that was the Chicago Bulls, and they they were busy in free agency. They signed Lonzo Ball, they signed DeMar DeRozan. Uh, they, they, then you saw the free agency; they went on and got Vucevic they got Zach Levine. This is a team right now. I'm looking through the Eastern Conference. I got the, right now with these moves, I definitely got them as a playoff team. Now I don't have them as a top four team because I don't think they have like a, a bona fide superstar or even a top twenty five player. I mean, you could argue Levine is or not. You could argue that, but I I, I got them as a top. You know, I, I got them as a, as a top eight team. I think with these moves, the Bulls are definitely a playoff team. Justin, do you think the Bulls are a playoff team?
3: Yeah, I think so. I have them right around the five and six, kind of right around there. I think the big, I think the, I really like what the Bulls did too because they addressed on the defense. Um, you know, Lonzo Ball last year, your defensive rating was a uh, 112. DeMar DeRozan was 114 defensive rating. You know, the, the Bulls really struggled. They were able to score, but the biggest problem was they just could not, um, they, they could not stop anybody. And with Buttigieg as well, Zach Levine's a really nice player. I like Billy Donovan. I know, um, you know, we saw what he did uh, two years ago with OKC. Um, I know probably some of that had a lot to do with Chris Paul. But um, I, I like this bowl scene. I, I definitely do think – I think they're going to win their division. I think they did more than the Pacers. They should be able to, um, you know, take them in the division. But, yeah, I, I like the defense that um, the Bulls improved on the defense side of the ball.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think I'm really excited for this Bulls team next year. I think, I think my opinion, definitely a playoff team. I think that, you know, I think I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited. I think, I think, I think because, you know, the Wizards aren't going to make the playoffs. And I'm not even, I'm not, the, I'm not the biggest Westbrook guy. I know the the Wizards are probably not going to make the playoffs. So I, I got the Bulls in that eight spot right now.
3: Yeah. I, I actually have them. Finishing, like, fifth or sixth right now. I, I'm I'm really high on this team. I know they wanted to go for to try to get in the playoffs last year. They It was a disaster sending. They didn't play well, but I do think, you know, I know Lonzo and DeRozan are not the greatest shooters. I think that could be one of the problems, but I think defensively they're going to be a lot more improved. I, I think they take advantage. I think they finish probably right around fifth or sixth.
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But it's nice to see basketball back in a big market. It's nice to see a big market like Chicago, and they're relevant because they haven't been relevant since the Jimmy Butler days in 2017, when they when they led that series against the Celtics 2-0, and the Celtics came back to beat them in six. They haven't been relevant since then. It's nice to see. It's nice to see Chicago. It's nice to see a market like Chicago relevant in the NBA. But we'll talk about another big market. And Kemba Walker is back at Madison Square Garden. Who would have thought it? You know, there. I mean. OKC okay, so bought him out. The Knicks signed him. He is back in the garden. Kemba Walker. We all know the memories of UConn fans. You know b- breaking McGee's ankles in that quarterfinal, winning that Big East tournament, the five games in five days. Memories that will live with UConn fans forever. And now it's great to see him back. I know he's not the player he once was, but it's nice to see him in the garden. And nice to see him in the garden. I th- and I think what he's going to do is I think he's going to br- put bring depth to that point guard position. I think obviously you got Julius Randall, you got R.J. Barrett. He signed. I don't love the Evan Fournier signing, but you signed him. You re-signed Orleans Noel. I think, I think he adds depth to this team. I think. I mean, a lot. I think he'll be the starter. Rolls will be the backup. He definitely adds depth at the point guard position for the Knicks. Justin, you got to be excited. Even though he played in Boston for the last couple of years, you got to be excited to be watching Kemba play. Kemba come back to New York to play in his hometown. I think he's gonna be pumped to do it.
3: Oh yeah, you know, I think he's even admitted he loves playing at the Garden. It's 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 home for him, you know. Um. Yeah, he's not the player he once was with the knees anymore. You know, I. You know, un- unfortunately, because his he would come in the league with his size. It was his quickness, but, you know, I, I think he's gonna give every ounce of. You know, he's he's gonna give you every ounce he's got in him. You know, for Tom Thibodeau, I I do like the move. You guys really need to find a point guard. You
2: know, it's, obviously Rose. Uh, Rose was good, but you saw, yeah. he, and, and he was good, mm-hmm. but you saw in some of those playoff games he wore down. And Alfred Payton was not the answer.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I think he adds some depth. And I think Derek Rose, too. Yeah. He, you know, um, and, you know, playoffs. Yeah. He kind of ran on scene. But I think, too, he's like a lightning rod off the bench. So I feel like to keeping him on the bench, it's better. You know, so, yeah. Kemba Watt coming back. He's had some great men. He always plays great at the Garden. You know, he even did it when he was at the Hornets. And, you know, it, so he had a couple good games, too, with the Celtics there. So he loves playing at the Garden. I, I think he's he's going to be. Sight, I, I think he's gonna. I, I think he can play um, really well and just kind of give you that 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 point guard option. You know, I do. I don't mind the four year option because obviously he's not a big. You know, obviously he can't be your two two guy behind Randall, but he's a guy consistently knocked down jumpers. I think you know, um, with the Knicks on of knee to take some pressure off, but wasn't a bad move. But I, I do like that they got some shooting in there. Uh, absolutely. That's goes to the
2: Knicks need because they lost Reggie Bullock, who, yeah, he wasn't a great player, but he was a good three-point shooter. The Knicks need three-point shooting because you can't – I mean, Randall was a really good three-point shooter in the regular season. You can't rely on him to shoot threes in the postseason. I mean, he proved in the postseason he was a he was a very good player, He proved, but he proved he wasn't a great player in the postseason. R.J. Barrett, the, the jury's still out on him. I think he's a very good player, but the jury's still out on him. Could he be a one on a championship team? The jury's still out on him. It's nice to add some shooting. It's nice to add Kemba Walker. And I'm 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 ex- as a UConn fan, I'm I'm really excited. I'm I'm pro- I'm probably going to go to a game next year to watch him play.
3: Yeah, you should. You know, yeah, I'd be very that would be cool. You know, going back and watching the play. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. I know. Yeah, um, being close. You know, if I you know Knicks Knicks are definitely not my like team behind the Kings now. I, I'll be room for the Knicks every every night now. Um, yeah, with adding Kemba Walker, it's it's great. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. We'll talk about some other Nick moves too. Uh they went out, they uh they brought back Derek Rose. They brought back for, you know, I think as a back backup point guard. I really like that move. And I do like the move, you know, uh keeping Noel. I think he was okay last year at center. And I like the I really like the Alex Burks move because he was really good off the bench for the Knicks last year.
3: Yeah, he was. Um other other shooter. Yeah, you guys need some of those guys off the bench. Um, you know, especially team that you don't really have that. You know, I know you have Randall, but, you know, for the playoffs where we kind of saw Randall just wasn't ready for the big moment, it's good to kind of have those pieces, you know, off the bench where you can rely on where guys you can kind of trust that can give you 10, 15 points to try to take some pressure off. So, yeah, I, I do like having Alex Burke come back. I like that they have Newell coming back at, at center uh, for back because, you know, Mitchell Robinson missed a lot of time. I felt that he did a good job filling in why Robinson was out. So, yeah, I like how the Knicks are kind of just pretty much running running the same team back out there. Um, you know, you may want to – you know, who knows what Leon Rose still has in the plans, but, yeah, it would be nice to get one more – another a star in here, but I think maybe that will take some time of, you know, there wasn't too many stars out here in free agency this year.
2: But the thing was, as a Knicks fan, as much as you like the fact we got Kemba, you know every Knicks fan wanted Dane. You know every wig Knicks fan wanted Dame. Because if you add Dame to uh to that team with Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, that would be a, be a that'd be that'd be a team that'd be competing for a That could be a team that could be competing for a championship.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Because Damon Lerner is one of the best, um one, one of the best players in the NBA. He's one of the best scorers. Um Ovi, I you know, I think Kemba um always comment, Kemba's not gonna do too much for the Knicks. I think he'll come and be the starting point guard. I think, yeah, he's probably be more of a facilitator. I don't think he's, you know, gonna have like any 25, 30 thirty-point, you know, games. But you know, I think he'll be a really good facilitator and a good leader to kind of have in that locker room along with Derek Rose. And I think, you know, uh, a guy who grew up right there. I think he's gonna play with a lot of pride, and I, I think you're gonna get everything out of Kemba. Yeah, it's not gonna be the Kemba from four or five years ago. But I, I think you're gonna get the best version of Kemba Walker at you know what well, age 32 I think he is I, I you know, he, you know yeah it's not gonna be the All Star you know it's not gonna be the be the guy at the horns we saw his first few years there. But what I, but um uh, but what I would say to that it's obviously a, a big
2: upgrade over uh Alfred Payton Alfred and Payton. I, that's why I don't mind it it's a it's an upgrade over Alfred Payton it's not. That much, it's not that much money, and I, 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 don't, I don't mind it. I really, I really don't mind. I don't mind it. I like the fact he's playing in his hometown. Yeah, I don't expect him to be a superstar, but he's going to be a piece on this team that that could, that very easily could get back to the playoffs. I don't know if they'll be, you know, as good as they were last year because I think they played over their head. But this is a piece on this team that 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 could, you know, that can get back to the playoffs.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, he's a guy that you now. He was with the Celtics when they got the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, I know Hornets, I think he made it once or twice. They didn't really do anything. But, yeah, he's a guy, too, you know, that he usually turns it on when the when the lights get bright. He's a guy in the playoffs that, you know, you need a big shot. Yeah, he's going to be able to hit it. It's definitely an upgrade over Alfred Payton. You know, um, he struggled. I know that's kind of been the hole here for the last few years to the Knicks is they just haven't had a point guard that's been able to kind of be a leader. And, yeah, you're going to get that with Kemba Walker now. I do like the move for the Knicks, you know. um, Maybe, again, keep Walker for a year or two and just, you know, don't rush on trying to make the big kind of find your next point guard. You know, now you kind of have that filled now for a year or two. You kind of take your time and evaluate all your options, see who's your point guard of the future.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We'll talk about one more move for the Knicks, and they signed Evan Fournier. And I'm not the biggest fan of Fournier. I know it will probably be an upgrade over Burks. But he's a average averages 17 points a game, but he's very, very streaky. And I'm not the biggest fan of this move, but they wanted an upgrade over Burks, and they got it. But I just don't think Evan Fortier makes the Knicks that much better.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I think they make him a little bit better. I don't mind the move. Yeah, he's streaky. I remember there's games where he was with the Celtics. He shot 0 for 12, and then the next night he put up 30. You know, yeah, you don't ever know where you're going to get out of him. But, yeah, I do like that they added one more shooter with Burks. Um you now because they did – as you mentioned, they lost Bullock. So, yeah, I don't mind the move. He, You know, you really can't rely on to kind of be the guy behind Julius Randle as a number two. You, you know, you're not going to win a championship with him as a two. You're not going to win a championship with him as a three even. So, yeah, it's not a great move, but it's a move that I don't mind the Knicks doing here getting another shooter um, for this team. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely.
2: So you know, NBA free agency—it was fast this, this year. Most most of the the big time guys are are, are are already signed, and obviously, we still have to still have Kawhi Leonard, who is a uh, who, who has opted out. But I think for the most part, he's going back to the Clippers. I just think he's—they're just redoing his deal. He's going back to the Clippers.
3: Yeah, I think so too. He likes being in Southern California. He's um, mentioned that it's close to home for him. Yeah, because I, I think yeah, it's gonna be more money and it'll be more security coming off the injury. So yeah, I think they're just gonna redo the deal. Um, I, I think it's like a ninety-eight percent chance he go back to Clippers. I think like a two percent chance he goes to the Warriors. I think he's definitely going back to the Clippers.
2: righty. so we'll be we'll be t- we'll, we'll be talking about the NBA all, all throughout the, you know all throughout the next couple months if there's any big moves. But the Colts lost their starting quarterback for the second time in three years. We'll talk about that next. But before that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media.
0: The college football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap, all season long. Catch us every week, starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Ovi Moniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network.
2: That was drawing about the G-Men. Make sure you check that out tonight. Jace, Sean, uh, and Jace, Sean, Joe, and Isaiah. Make sure you check that out tonight. drawing about the G-Men. And I know Justin liked that first promo. All four downs, and that's coming. We saw the comment from Ovi. That's coming tomorrow night at seven o'clock. You got Ovi, Sean, it's J- Ovi, Sean, and J- Jason, Joe. All four downs. You know the college football season's back. When you when you got all four downs coming, so we'll definitely be talking some college football in the next couple of weeks. But we got to get to the NFL. We got to get to Carson Wentz and uh, the and uh, and the Colts. Man, two years ago, it looks like they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. Andrew Luck retires, and this year, I'm going to be I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to give everyone a secret. I had them winning the AFC South, and I had them going to the AFC Championship game. But you got to change that, seeing what happened yesterday. They lose Carson Wentz for five to ten weeks with 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 with, with, uh, with an injury, and then they lose, and then with the same injury, they lose uh they lose uh Quentin Nelson, which is a big, big, big loss. That's the best guard in the league, and that's the guy that held that offensive line together, and they won't probably won't have Eric Fisher to start the season. And if you look at the Colts' first five games, they op- they open the season against the Seahawks and the Rams at home, then they go to Tennessee. Then they go to Miami. Then they go to they go to Tennessee. They go to Miami and they go to Baltimore. So this is a it's a brutal, brutal schedule for the Colts to start the season. I could easily see them starting zero five with with the injuries to Carson Wentz and the injuries to Quentin Nelson. Very, very easily, and a big Jace. I knew Easer would at least get some starts this season. Didn't expect it to. to, to didn't expect it off. The rip like this but nelson is the best offensive lineman of a great point chase yes he definitely is the best offensive lineman in the league he is He's outstanding and that's gonna be a big that's gonna be a big loss because that offensive line could, could definitely have trouble and then you're looking at jacob eason or a guy we're gonna talk about who also wasn't a mobile quarterback you probably have two quarterbacks you're they're looking at who aren't mobile the, the, the colts are just in big big trouble and right now the question is two two questions i think one's pretty easy are the Colts the best team in the AFC South? I think we could both answer that absolutely not. The big question is: Are the Colts still a playoff team with these injuries?
3: Yeah, right now I got Tennessee is the best team in the division. You know, they also have going Ryan Kelly right now. I know he made feedback. back at the start of the season, but right now they're down three of their first or down three of their five offensive linemen. You know, with a rookie quarterback maybe or Nick Foles, yeah, that could spell trouble. And in that schedule, I could very easily see them being zero five. five. Yeah, I think right now their defense is going to be good. You know, they may be able to keep them some games, but I I just don't think this offense will be able to do enough. I don't – you know, they're going to need big games out of Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Tennessee right now is the best team, even though their defense still needs some work, but Tennessee right now is the best team. Um, Are they still a playoff team? If they don't come back in time, I don't think so. Now, if if Nelson and Wentz come back in five weeks, then they're back for week one. Uh, you know, but I think that's you know, I think that's kind of more of a long shot. So again, if, if they miss,
2: yeah, we might have lost Justin there. Uh, but uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, I've got a comment from Hector. Big blow to the Colts. They finished four and twelve. I'm going more six and eleven, seven, uh, four. I mean four and thirteen. Yes, good, good point, Hector. They'd be play seventeen. They play seventeen games this year, so. That's a good point. I, I could see that happening because I could see them getting off to a one and seven start and it just completely falling apart. And maybe just at that point, Wentz and Nelson just just sit out for the rest of the year. So I could definitely see that happening. But looking at their schedule in the second half, their schedule is a little bit easier. I think they have Jacksonville a couple of times. They got Houston a couple a couple of times. And they actually have the, they got the Patriots. I mean, you know, the Patriots won't be an easy game. They got the Patriots at home. So I think I think they uh, I. And I think they got they have the Jets close yeah, when uh, when they're going to come when uh, Wentz and Nelson are going to come back. So I'm thinking like six and eleven or seven and ten right now, but definitely not a playoff team.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't really have them there. I have them if they can't come back. Yeah, I have them kind of the five six win line at the moment. Yeah, you know, I it would have helped that they had Jacksonville and Houston the first few weeks maybe to get some confidence going, get some wins. But yeah, I just, I just don't see it. Um, if they can't come back in time, I think yeah, an 0-4 start, especially in AFC where you know that final wild card spot, it's it's kind of come down the wire, and I think you're probably gonna need right around nine, ten wins. And I, I if they start 0-4, I think that's a it's going to be a big uphill climb to try to get that other wild that you know that last wild card spot for them. Absolutely, 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 absolutely. So th- there's a lot of rumors that
2: the uh, Colts are going to get Nick Foles, and the big question is: is are the will the with the Colts be better off? I think if, some people think it would be a completely obvious question, but it might be a little less obvious than people think. Uh, d- d- are, do the Colts? Are the Colts better off trading for Nick Foles and having him play or starting Jacob Eason? In my opinion, it's definitely starting Nick Foles because he knows the system. He was with Frank Wright in 2017 when the Eagles he was, he was, it was with Frank Wright in 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So, in my opinion, I think they definitely should trade for Nick Foles. But, you know, Justin, you've watched a lot more Jacob Eason than I have. So has you know our, our listeners today, probably OV, Hector, and Jace? And don't feel free to chime in. The big question is going to be. And I'm going to pose it to everyone, all the commenters, Justin, Jace. I'll pose, uh, I'll pose it to everybody. Who would be the better option at quarterback for the Colts? Would it be Jacob Eason? Because I haven't watched, I didn't watch a ton of Jacob Eason at Washington. I know that you know he's a he's a he's a, he's not a mobile quarterback, but a big arm. He dropped to the fourth round. Is he? I think because of his lack of mobility. Would it, we all know at, at, at Georgia he was a top pick before he got hurt, and Jacob Fromm took his job and the, uh, and, and the bull and Georgia went to the national title game. So would they be better off starting Jacob Eason or would they be better off starting Nick Foles?
3: I'm going Nick Foles because I, you know, I don't know if Eason's ready. You know, when I saw him Washington, he really showed against, you know, un, um, against Blitzes, his QBR was a 12.2. And he made some weird mistakes in college. Like there's, there's some times where he'd leave the pocket when it's clean and he would end up rolling out and he, end up getting sacked like there there were some plays where it was like you know you can't be doing that at the next level because i you know i don't know how ready he is i had you know we haven't seen him he didn't have a full off season last year um i get what jace saying getting jacob eason the more reps because yeah you may lose carson again you know um but i I just don't know if he's ready i think we you know when we find out a couple of these preseason games i think we'll get a much better better on kind of picture of where jacob eason stands but if the Colts want to make the playoffs, and especially with that first five games, like it's, you know, it, you know, especially that week two game for Easton against against the Rams, I think he could have a lot of trouble win. Um, they have a great running game, the Colts, but I think Foles is the easier. It, it's Probably right now the better pick. Even though I know it, the Colts may not, you know, may not want to trade him. It sounds like they may go the Easton route, you know, but folds knows the system and he's a guy that if you guys, you know, he's not great or anything, but he probably, you know, he's got a better understanding of the system right now. Um, I, I'd probably go with the experience of Nick Foles because you do have a chance here to make the Super Bowl, and you have a better shot of that with Nick Foles on the center right now than Jacob Eason. In my opinion though, I think
2: either one's a bad, it's, it's not good because you have Quentin Nelson out. You're going to have Eric Fisher out probably to start the year. So you're going to have an offensive line that was supposed to be one of the best in football. That's going to definitely be a little bit. It's probably going to drop all the way down to probably being average. And you have two quarterbacks that are not mobile at all. Foles and Eason. So I think either way, the Colts are going to start, no matter who starts, I think the Colts start like one in seven, either way. If, 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 if they're, if, uh if Wentz is out and if Nelson are out for, you know, if, if it's closer to, you know, 12 weeks than five weeks. So I, I could see the Colts. I don't care who plays quarterback. I think it's going to be a one-and-seven start for them either way.
3: I could totally see it, yeah. You know, with that schedule, it's not easy. You know, yeah, Foles, I, You know, Fools is not going to come in here and have that magical, you know, kind of run he did when they won Super Bowl a few years ago. That's Yeah, obviously that's not happening. Um, you know, yeah, with that offensive line, he's not going to be able to – how move is. He's probably, you know, got to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah, you know, I, he's not the great, you know, obviously, yeah, he's not the one that's going to put them over the top. But I, I think right now, he, I I think, you know, he's, you know, we'll see what Easton has in the preseason, you know, kind of where he is. But I, I think we've seen, you know, from Foles over time that, you know, he can kind of fill in here and kind of give you a couple starts. I think he right now is a little bit better of an option than Jacob Easton. I just – you know, what I saw from Washington at times, I just don't think he's really ready to take over um, an NFL offense.
2: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. The, the, the thing is – the but, I mean, the Colts right now, if they could go if, – if they – got to hope they can go like, you know, three and five. Maybe salvage this and go three and five because it is definitely favorable in the second half, even though they do play the Bills and the Bucks, they got They got the Texans. They got the Raiders. They got the Jaguars twice, so – those could be – those could very easily be four wins right there if Wentz plays. So, they got to try to tread some water and maybe, maybe they'll be able to get to the playoffs. But the way it's looking right now and looking at their tough early season schedule, I don't think it's happening.
3: I don't think so either. I hate to be too tough with that early schedule. Um, it, it, you know, I think their defense could keep them in some games and give their offense a chance, but I don't – I don't really see it happening. Yeah, I think the Colts would get off to really – Really tough start and don't don't recover.
2: yep, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll look at some other uh, other injury news and Kenny Galladay came back today. He was he's he's not gonna be out for a long period of time. We're, hap- we're happy about that. But the big story at Giants camp was this scuffle scuffle yesterday. This this we don't really have a video access of it, but I heard it was really bad. Daniel Jones was in the bottom of the pile. So one thing I couldn't stand about the scuffle was Daniel Jones being in the bottom of the bottom of the pile. You're the starting quarterback of this team. Get out of there. We don't need you to get hurt. Get out of there, as a Giants fan. I don't need you getting hurt. I know fights happen in practice uh, with with all with all NFL teams, but the one thing that bothered me though was Daniel Jones being at the bottom of the pile.
3: Yeah, you know scuffles happen. It's the first day of you know pads on at training camp. Like you know emotions are high and all that. There's a lot of excitement. Yeah, that you know it, it happens. Yeah, the scuffle is not the worst thing. Yeah, it's a Daniel Jones. It's your franchise quarterback being the bond, the pile. That's the worst thing about it. I don't, you know, I don't know how he got underneath there or why he was involved. Yeah, that, you know, that, that's dumb to be, you know, fighting with your quarterback at the end of the pile. That, yeah, that, that, that's like the one problem that I have there with the scuffle. I don't, you know, it, it happens. It's going to happen. But yeah, having your quarterback under there is not, not smart. Oh, not,
2: not at all. Not at all. That that, that 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 cannot happen. But I'm not sitting there sitting here saying, and you're probably going to hear about this tonight on John. You'll hear probably all about this scuffle on John tonight. But I'm not going to sit here and say Joe Judge has lost control of the team. I was happy he disciplined them yesterday. He should have. That's unacceptable to have that happen. I like that we, that the Giants have a coach that doesn't stand for that. But one thing I'm not going to sit there and say is Joe Judge has lost the team or lost control of the team. I think that's ridiculous to say that. I, I before the season started. I mean. This stuff does happen, so I'm not gonna sit there and say Joe Judge has lost control of the team.
3: Oh, absolutely. not. Nah, I don't I don't think he has. Now, I don't, you know, because we know Joe Judge is, you know, the toughness kind of bring the physicality. Now he didn't want to bring it to that fashion, but I think there's a thing that the Giants here of, you know, they're starting to have that, you know, they're starting to kind of follow that mantra there of toughness, physicality. Obviously, you don't want to do it to each other really, like a scuffle like that, but I think it's you know they're they're you know they're they're starting to bring that toughness that that Joe just wants. I I feel like so yeah I absolutely don't not think he's he's lost that team.
2: Yes. And now moving on to the uh, NFC's rival, the Giants, they're, they're the Eagles. They're gonna have Devontae Smith out for two to three weeks uh with an injury. I think this is gonna be a, a, a this is gonna be a loss for a couple weeks. I think this is the issue with drafting him, though. I think he's he's kind of he's kind of small, and that's why he's not a slam dunk that he's gonna work in the NFL. I think he's I think he could be a little bit injury prone.
3: Yeah, unfortunately he could be. You know, the size five ten or not even, you know, or five ten. Well, you know, yeah, he, he's small. He's gonna be he's gonna have to be the Eagles number one wide receiver this year. You know, I know him and Jalen Hurts have, have some chemistry playing together at Alabama a little bit. But yeah, I, it's it is a worry here because of his size. He's so explosive, though, if he can stay healthy. But that's you know, but that was a big risk with all the wide receiver injuries the Eagles have. They're not deep there. Um, you know, he should be back before the season. But yeah, that that's kind of the problem with Smith. The, you know his size. He's not one of these big six three, six four guys. You know, um, it's tough. They're they're hopefully you know they're they're going to need him to be able to step up and, and you know bat, they need they need to have a, get a get a, um they need a wider receiver to stay healthy. And unfortunately, I don't think Devontae Smith's going to be able to be that guy right now.
2: we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I I think I think he's out of the running for offensive rookie of the year because he's going to miss time, but. I think he could potentially be, but there's a reason Jamar Chase got, got picked in front of him. He's just a bigger, stronger receiver.
3: Yeah, he is. You know, um, yeah, and, and, you know, especially with some of these corners now that are coming up that are 6'2", 6'3", you know, we're seeing some bigger corners. So, yeah, um, and, yeah and for Chase to be out a year, too, yeah, to still be picked ahead of him, yeah, because he's 6'1". Um, yeah, maybe he didn't um, – so, yeah, um, with, with Smith – it definitely is a problem that you know with his size. I, I know I, I took him, I think I had him going here, the Eagles. Or no, I think I had him going the Giants, I believe. You know, but in, you know, um, but I had him going before um Waddle. But yeah, it's you know it, it's tough to kind of be an undersized wide receiver nowadays and you know and the people stay healthy and kinda of, you know, I think it would have helped if he was gonna be more of like a slot guy for somebody. But, you know, I, right now with the Eagles being the number one guy, it's, it's going to be difficult.
2: Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. So before we get to the Hall of Fame, we'll talk about Nick Chubb getting a three-year, $36 million extension with the uh, Cleveland Browns and well-deserved, I feel like. And I think, the money, I think the money makes sense. I think they'll have enough money to pay Baker maybe, you know, during training camp or, you know, after this season. I think, I think the money makes sense for Nick Chubb, and he's, and he's definitely deserved it. He's a top-five running back in this league.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, if it was a more team friendly deal, I think it's Martin the Browns because by the time his contract's up, he's gonna be 28, 29 still, which is kinda you're getting to the end there of the um, you know, kind of running back kind of life in the NFL. So yeah, you know, he, he was great. He's been great. You know, he had 10 yards of carry last year in the fourth quarter. He's definitely one of the best running backs in the game. Um, it's nice to see the Browns now really have some momentum here and definitely have money to sign Baker. Um good move by the Cleveland Browns
2: absolutely 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 so we'll go to the hall of fame there's actually two classes are going to be enshrined uh this year or 2020 they'll be enshrined on saturday and the class of 2021 that's going to be enshrined on sunday we'll actually start with the class of 2020 because i think this is the most interesting topic and i think you kind of know where i'm going to go seeing who's going to who's getting enshrined in the hall of fame and i think i know there's a bunch of guys getting enshrined we're going to focus on three the number one person we're going to focus on though is jimmy johnson obviously the architect of those cowboy teams from the '90s. I mean, he drafted a uh, Trey Aikman and Emmitt Smith. Uh, he made that great trade, trading Herschel Walker, Patrina, which led to that dynasty. And the big question here is: is was Jimmy Johnson the number one person? The, the, the was Jimmy Johnson the, the most was Jimmy Johnson most responsible for the Cowboys dynasty in the, ni- in the '90s? Even though technically he only has two rings, because you know Jerry and him parted ways after their, they won their second Super Bowl. Uh, I think even more than Troy Aikman, I think he's the biggest reason the Cowboys had the dynasty just because of the talent he was able to collect and put around Troy. I think Troy Aikman is still a, still a great quarterback, but for the talent he was able to collect and uh, put around Troy Aikman, I, I, that's why I think he is the biggest reason for the Cowboys dynasty of the 19. He is, the, he is, he is most responsible for the Cowboys dynasty in the 90s.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I. I... You know, Jimmy Johnson's one of the best. Yeah, you put a ton of talent around Troy Aikman, um, you know, when and look at the Cowboys since. You know, they, they have not been the same since, since Jimmy Johnson's left. Yeah, you said
2: it perfectly. They've never been the same since Jimmy Johnson's left. Yes, they won a Super Bowl, but that's outside of Deion, San, Deion Sanders, that Super Bowl was won with Jimmy's players, and Jimmy's it was all yeah. They, he, he, Barry Switzer was one of the worst coaches to ever win a Super Bowl. The Cowboys won a the, the, the Cowboys' third Super Bowl was won with Jimmy's players, even though Jimmy wasn't the coach. They won with his players.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I think you could have probably put ninety five percent of the coaches, and they would have won a, a Super Bowl with that team. So, yeah, you know, I, I think he had. I think he was the most important kind of impact of that Cowboys dynasty in the nineties um you know he can even look back at his career in Miami you know he he had a ton of talent with those Miami Hurricane teams as well um so yeah I, I think Jimmy Johnson had the most to do with that 90s scene. and I think the I think the biggest reason why he had the
2: success he had is he knew all the players coming out of college very similar to Pete Carroll having the success he had you know when he started with the Seahawks he knew all the players coming out of college could be the same thing with Urban Meyer we'll see we'll see what happens there but Jimmy Johnson knew all the players coming out of college. That's why he was able to draft so well and build that team.
3: Yeah, that's a great point. He did. Yeah, yeah, because he's, you know, Miami down in, um, yeah, he, you know, kind of saw the best guys. You know, he kind of knew who they were. Um, He kind of, so yeah, um, such an important part. Yeah, we saw Pete Carroll kind of that success coming over as well. Um, Urban Meyer, we'll see. I think he drafted pretty well right now, you know, last year, but obviously we'll see. So yeah, I think that is a big part of kind of, you know, watching all those guys kind of every Saturday and kind of having a background on, on all of them. Uh, to what he helped. And even, you know, kind of some of the stars that he even maybe recruited, but went to other schools he kind of saw since high school. And Jay's saying a What about, oh, well, well, here's the deal Kingsbury doesn't know how to coach, okay? Jimmy Johnson won,
2: uh, well, Jimmy Johnson won a national title at Miami. He built, again, he built that program at Miami. Kingsbury doesn't know how to coach. He was 5-7 and seven with Patrick Mahomes. The guy was fired at Texas Tech. Kingsbury doesn't know how to be a head coach. Jimmy Johnson knows how to be a head coach. Pete Carroll knows how to be a head coach. Urban Meyer, we'll see what happens in the NFL, but he knows how to be a head coach. Cliff Kingsbury got fired. I don't love that example by Jace there with Kingsbury. I don't love that example there. With with Cliff with 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 uh, with, with with Cliff, with Cliff Kingsbury, Jay just put in <laughs> the private chat. I knew that would get you fired yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. No, no, no. I, you can't compare Cliff Kingsbury to what Jimmy Johnson did. You just can't do that.
3: No, you can't. I, I believe Cliff Kingsbury though does still lead uh, Patrick Mahomes the all-time passing yards for uh, Pat Mahomes. So you now he does. He does got Pat Mahomes somewhere. Yeah, you know, he's a legend still there at TechSec. But, yeah, he took over the USC – he was going to be the USC uh, OC before the Cardinals came at him. Nobody else wanted to hire him. Nobody
1: um, in
2: college wanted to hire him. No. And now, now he's an underachieving head coach in the NFL. You look yeah. at that Cardinal team, talent-wise, and, and they have a top-ten quarterback. That team should have made the playoffs, but they were the most penalized team in in, in, in in the league last year. As Justin knows, when they played the Patriots, Cam Newton was absolutely terrible. Oh, they had, <laughs> the Patriots had no business winning that game, but they won because the Cardinals handed it to them.
3: Oh, yeah, they they had some dumb, dumb decisions, I think. Yeah, it was like a fourth and two. They tried a 53-yard field goal, and they missed. Like, you know, I think one other time they were in the red zone. They should have kicked the field goal, and they went for it. um, On fourth down, and they got stuffed. Like, yeah, you know, uh, he's not the brightest head coach in the world. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, Cliff should not be an NFL head coach.
2: One thing I'll give him credit for is he did know Josh Rosen wasn't the guy and Kyler Murray was the guy. That's the only reason he's still around (laughs) is he made the right
3: move at the most important position. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that, that's it. He can evaluate talent because you know Mahomes is a three star. He only had three or four scholarship offers. So, you know, he does get some credit there for kind of finding Pat Mahomes, but yeah, he can evaluate offense. That that's about it. You know, I think he be a terrific OC, but that's about it.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Let's get back onto the Hall of Fame and two other guys going in in the class of 2020 is are Edron James and Isaac Bruce. Two memories I had from them: Andrew and James were the top backs in the league in the days of the Indianapolis Colts when they when they they didn't win a Super Bowl ring, but there was years where they would get to the, you probably remember those years. You're probably you're probably pretty young, but where they would get to the AFC Championship game and they would always lose the Patriots, or they would always lose the Patriots in the playoffs. Those were the teams Adrian James was on with Marvin Harrison and, and uh and uh and and Reggie Wayne. So and actually, the year after he left, they 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 won a Super Bowl. The year we went when he went to the Cardinals, they won the Super Bowl the next year with Joseph Adai. So. So, but still a great career for Edron James, and then Isaac Bruce, Isaac Bruce, uh, part of the greatest show on turf. There's a uh, three other Hall of Famers: Orlando Pace, Kurt Warner, and Marshall Falk from that offense. Probably one of the greatest offenses we'll ever see. Isaac Bruce, so Isaac Bruce and uh, and Adrian James going to the Hall of Fame should have last year, but they're going to the Hall of Fame on on uh, Saturday. Yeah, Isaac Bruce, that that
3: that greatest show on turf, and for you know, offense back in 0-1, you know. Obviously, such an explosive offense. They had so many uh, weapons. Uh, yeah, that's you know one of the best teams. You know that unfortunately kind of lost the Patriots' durable. But yeah, that that that's just such a talented team that Isaac Bruce is a part of. And uh, Edwin James, yeah, with the Colts, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harris, they never get over the top with with them uh, with that with those Colts teams. Unfortunately, um, but yeah, another true uh, player. Well deserve to uh get in the Hall of Fame.
2: Absolutely. Now we go to the class of 2021 that will be enshrined on us on, on Sunday night. And uh I, I break down this class this way. There were three guys we knew when they retired, they were gonna be first ballot Hall of Famers. Then there was a guy, you know, who was on a great defense that won a Super Bowl but we thought maybe it's question, still questionable if he's a Hall of Famer or not, but he's still he's a great GM. He's the GM of the 49ers, still a great GM. He was a, a top safety in the league for years in John Lynch. And then two guys who have waited for years to get into the Hall of Fame. But first, we'll talk about the guys we knew were going to be first-bound Hall of Famers. Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Megatron. And just enough said, Peyton Manning, top three quarterback, phenomenal career with, with the Colts and the Broncos, won two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl MVP, uh, One uh, a – Five-time league MVP. Uh, then we look at Charles Woodson, defensive player of the year in 2009. He was, uh, I mean, one of the top – one of the top corners in football for years for the Packers and the Raiders, switched to safety late in his career. And then Calvin Johnson, one of the best – probably – he arguably could be the best receiver we've ever seen. Remember that game against the Cowboys. We went for 329 yards, and the, when the Lions won that game. And then uh, you remember that catch he made against the, against the Bengals. And people say, you know, Stafford didn't have great teams. He had one of the best receivers yeah. to, to ever play the game. So anybody who wants to make that argument, Stafford didn't have great teams. He still had one of the greatest receivers to ever play the game in his prime. So well-deserved by all three of those guys.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Peyton Manning, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, with the Colts, just, again, them and the Patriots every year seemed like they were in the AFC Championship game. Um, they were always right there um he was always one of the top quarterbacks in the league every single year definitely one of the top three up there um Charles Woodson, I think one of the best cornerbacks you know I've seen physicality um you know he's so respected you know throughout the league um just played for so long one of the best shutdown corners in Charles Woodson and then yeah Calvin Johnson just you know, he was an absolute freak of a wide receiver. Just any ball that was, you know, in like a five to foot radius, he was gonna come down with that ball somehow. It's it's so unfortunate that his career shuts short with you know with the concussions, but you know, it so that that kind of stinks in that he was never really able to have like a chance there to you know make make us you know go on a playoff run and make a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one of the best wide receivers. Um, that we've seen and just yeah he he was just a freak and you know um he, he had an unbelievable career for you know kind of having a more of a shorter career and you know it, you know for every, yeah he had one of you know he had a shorter career so it's unfortunate to kind of see what we could have gotten um if he didn't you know. Without the injuries.
2: Yeah. Barry and Calvin both retired. Amazing. They both retired in their prime. They both shocked us when they retired. It's crazy. they Both put in the same team. Probably, probably one of the best running backs of all time. One of the best receivers of all time, both retired in their prime. It's crazy. That happened. But we'll look at the other three hall of famers. Obviously John Lynch, GM of the 49ers was one of the top safeties in the league uh, in his time. And then two guys have waited for years. One, Tom Flores coached the Raiders to Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl fifteen and Super Bowl eighteen. And then uh Drew Pearson, the original number eighty eight getting in the Hall of Fame. Uh Flores and, and Pearson well deserved. And Lynch, there's a question if he's a Hall of Famer, but I think he was a big part of that Buccaneers defense. So I would put him in the Hall of Fame.
3: Yeah, you know, Um Lynch, yeah. He was on that Bucs team. Had a had a nice impact. So I get I get, you know, why they put him in the Hall of Fame there. Um Tom Flores, yeah. One one Super Bowl with the Raiders, kinda, you know back back when the Raiders were actually were actually pretty good. Um won a couple times there. Was a really good Your dad coach.
2: probably knows about Tom Flores pretty well.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah he does. Yeah. I I think he's one I one of his favorite coaches, I believe. Yeah. I like think it's like him or Madden. Um know yeah. when they when they had John Madden as well. Uh, and then yeah uh, Drew Pearson uh Pearson as a wide receiver. Um you know definitely another guy that well, you know, deservingly, you know, got into the um, Hall of Fame. I know it took some time for him to get in the Hall of Fame, but I believe he was all time, um, all pro three times, pro boy three times, part of the 1970s, um, all decade team. So, well, deserved the NM for Drew Pearson. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely.
2: So, the Yankees' rotation is really, really thin. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the reason due to COVID. But we'll talk about that. But before that, We got a promo from Clovercrest Media.
0: Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the City.
3: Keys to the city, baby.
0: When well, you see us so you know. I crossed you up by Kobe. We'll float to Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Podcasting
3: Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. So what you saying, what we saying, Prime but Speaking of those sh- ladies. But,
0: but I, hold on. It's fun. But I didn't don't make don't I did not make, I, didn't make I said Denver's gonna win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Quest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere.
3: Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard.
2: So the Yankees started to get hot. They got to sweep over the Marlins, but unfortunately, there was some news and stunning news after they lost to the Orioles on Monday. Stunning news. Aaron Boone said it in his press conference that Garrett Cole tested positive for COVID. And the next day they found out Jordan Montgomery tested positive for COVID. So this Jordan Montgomery was pitching really well. Obviously, Garrett Cole was pitching well. So this, this is definitely a big blow for the Yankees. And uh, the big question is right now, they're going to be away from the team for 10 days. Are they going to be able to overcome it within the next within the next week? I I think the I think they will. I think with the I think they could they could beat the Mariners without him, and I think they could they could handle the Royals without him, and I think they could handle the with this one game with the Orioles without him. So, I think they're going to be able to overcome the losses of Montgomery and uh, and Cole. But Justin, what do you think about that?
3: I'm I'm on the fence. Like I can't decide because it's like what offense do you show up? Because look, if the offense can only get you one or two runs, you give up two or three, you're gonna you know you're gonna lose that day. So. For me, I you know I like what I saw from Gil or um, Gil and his and his MLB, MLB debut. He was really good. You know, Nestor I believe is going tonight or or no Tyone who's going tonight. Who he had a sub two ERA in July. Um, you know he's been really good. So yeah, you know the Mariners have been playing well. Um, you know I think that could be a really tough one this weekend. But yeah, they should be able to beat the Royals. I think they could do enough without them. But you know this offense is gonna to have to help them out here. So, you know the offense can give them some help. I think they could be able to overcome it.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, and, how, and Nestor Cortez, you got to give him credit. He's been pitching really, really well. He's came in and pitched really well. Nestor Cortez. He pitches. He pitches tomorrow night against the Mariners. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyone. He's pitched really well. So you got Tyone and Nestor Cortez going the next the next couple days. But then the question is going to be. The last three games of the Seattle series. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not sure if I know his last name. The guy who pitched Monday night, Haney, was that his last Haney, name? Yeah. Haney. He did not pitch well on last night. You know, Cole's not going to start Sunday. You know, Friday's open, so that's where my concern for the Seattle series and they're neck and neck with the Yankees. That's where my concern com- comes in the Seattle series because uh, they they may they may not have the pitching, but they got to hit the way they hit last night, and that's what that when they put this, when they made these trades to get Rizzo and to get Gallo that tonight was a the night they were envisioning, you know, Rizzo had a really good night. Uh Le- LeMayo had a good night. I mean, uh, Stan had a really good night. So I doubt I, I, that, that was, that's what they were envisioning when they put them, when they put this together last week.
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, they finally, you know, got something going. Um You know, after Jorge Lopez, who had a career 70 ERA at Yankee stadium, just absolutely had a no hitter going to the fifth inning. And then, yeah, finally last night they finally got you know the bats woke up. Um, I think Gal was the one that's gonna hit, but I yeah, thought a couple bats are really good. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I didn't see
2: all the game. Uh, I didn't see the whole game last night, but yeah, Gal, you did have good at bats. He hasn't been doing well, but he had good at bats.
3: Yeah, I know he struck sure out once, I believe. Then he he hit a rope into the you know the shift out in center field. Uh, had him kind of play perfectly out there. So yeah, I, I thought he had some better at bats, but. Yeah, you know, Rizzo, Judge. I think Stanton's a huge key for this offense. You know, I know he had a home run in garbage time. But, look, if Stanton can kind of – you know, I you know after watching last week in Miami, how did this guy hit 60 home runs?
2: Oh, it's, And now it's, he can't do anything. So it's, it's horrible. I mean, he was horrible yeah. against the Marlins. But, yeah, last night he was really good. And he's definitely going to be the key because if he's hitting – that's gonna give. That's gonna give you know protection to Rizzo. It's gonna give protection to Judge. That's gonna give some protection to Gallo. You know if he's hitting, so he's definitely he's definitely one of the keys in this lineup. And and so is so is Lemayo. He's got to start hitting the way he's hit. The last, he hit well last night, but he's got to he's got to step it up too. So so does Glaber Torres. This lineup has to step it up. This you know the, even though they won some of their games on this weekend in Miami, they only scored like I think they only scored more than. They didn't score more than four runs in any of their wins. Thanks to no. some, of the clutch, some of the clutch hitting from Anthony Rizzo, hitting that home run on Friday night, hitting hitting, hitting that big home run on Saturday to put him up 4-2, and then getting that big – right, the timely hitting has been great with Rizzo. And I didn't think Rizzo was going to be as good as Gallo looking at the numbers. Gallo definitely had better numbers this season. But Rizzo, he's proven like a guy that wants to get another job. I think the light's gone on for Anthony Rizzo. I think he's thinking now, I'm a free agent. i got to step it up, or I'm not going to get paid what I want to get paid.
3: Yeah, absolutely. He's come on and he's come on the season. He's been fantastic. You know, that that tank that ten game road trip, they they finished six and four. They didn't score more than four runs in all ten games. You know, and they came out six and four. You know, yeah, the Marlins I think they only scored what, like eight or nine runs the whole series and they swept them.
2: Yeah, but that's what happens when you don't have Duval on your team, you don't have Marte on your team anymore.
3: No, yeah, the, that lineup is awful. They have—I love the rotation, but yeah, that's thats yeah.
2: Marlon's rotation lineup. is underrated. but That's another story for another day. But, but yeah. still, I mean, yeah, the, the lineup is just not not good. But but give the starting <laughs> pitching credit—you gotta—you gotta, you gotta pitch yeah. who, who you're who you're facing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, they kind of did enough. They got you know they were able to get like um, Alcatra. You know, um, the pitch count got up. They were able to kind of get to him Sunday. You know, we we're able to kind of capitalize off a couple. Errors which the Yankees haven't done all year, but yeah, Rizzo, you know, Rizzo went eight for nine. Um, yeah, I don't think Rizzo, you know, Obi's kind—I I don't think he's gonna get a huge time. I could see him three, four years.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with 10, Justin you know. there. I kind of agree with Obi there. Yeah, thirty-one. He's probably not looking for a yeah. huge deal, but he's looking for—he's he's, definitely—he's oh, not—he's yeah. not ready to—he's not ready to retire. So he's definitely looking for—definitely looking for a contract. I think he got a little bit comfortable in Chicago. I think now he's stepping up in New York because now he knows that you know. People don't want to think he's declining.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, team now that's kind of the Yankees, a Spark, kind of looking to get back in the playoff picture, trying to get back in the race here. Yeah, you know, if he can lead the Yankees, or like, a, you know, the ALCS or even the World Series, yeah, he can get a good chunk of money. He's won the World Series to the Cubs. Like, you know, he's kind of been in October baseball before. Um, he may uh, head
2: to he Miami made, next season and his career there. Yeah, he's from Florida, made, I think. a part of that. I could see that. I don't know if, if, if for the right price. I could see that. Yeah,
3: maybe. But, I know. But, have, but the, but um,
2: the base was Aguilar first base. Though.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I think he's got one year left for free agency. He leads the NL right now in RBIs, which is insane. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy.
2: Yeah. Think of, yeah. It, it's crazy. But,
3: yeah, you know. Um, but, yeah, he's a guy who's a solid defender as well for base. And he doesn't strike out. He's only struck out, like, 59, 60 times this year. Like, he, you know. He's been great. He doesn't strike out. Like I, that's that's a guy I would sign. Um they come play for me for you know in October. I'd take that any day of the week. So yeah, Rizzo's been a huge spark. Um, you know, they they continue, they gotta continue to play well because I, I think, you know, with kind of you know, with his um you know, what kind of what I've noticed in Chicago too is he's kinda got like a like a silliness to him that kind of just comes out and it like, you know. Guys just kind of like gravitate towards that, so he's kind of the guy that you know, um, the good guy to have in the clubhouse. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Now in the
2: bullpen, I think I think this bullpen is starting to find its roles, and this is what I want from this bullpen in their roles. Obviously, you want Chapman closing games. That was a huge mistake when Boone had him stop closing games. It it, it completely cost him the game against the Astros before the All Star break. I want Brittany, I don't know. I, I want Britney to have the eighth inning, and then Loizuka. Uh, green six and seven. That's how I would do my – that's how I'd have the bullpen. Yes, the wise could close the game on Saturday, but I think – I feel like Boone is trending in doing that. That's what Boone is – trying. Is, I think – I feel like that's what Boone wants to do.
3: Yeah, I think so too. Britain right now scares me in that eighth inning, uh, you know, because he just can't throw strikes right now. You know, he he's a little bit concerning for me. But, yeah, if he's if he's on and he's right, then, yeah, he's one of the best shutdown guys. He had, what – 54 straight save. so you know if he if he's if he's pitching well, I definitely love him to have in that eight roll um, Green Green's been pretty good all year. La has been pretty good all year. Chapman kind of has figured out the you know whatever was wrong, he's figured out. So yeah, I think I have I have a lot more confidence now in Chapman has shut it down in the ninth inning now. But yeah, you know the bullpen pitched pretty well this weekend. Um, you know it was nice last night too, the start that they got and the lead that they got that they didn't have to burn anybody last night because they've had to lose use a lot of guys and you know um you want you know probably a lot more than they wanted to so yeah it's bullpens on if they're if if they're pitching well it's again they they have a league on the six seventh inning they should win that game a, you know more times than not
2: yes absolutely 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 so we look at this big series with the with, with the mariners at home coming to the bronx got a four game set uh, the Mariners, they're, they're they're they're. I think the Yankees are ahead by percentage points, but they're both two games behind the, behind Oakland for the second wild cards. This is a huge series in in in, uh, in August between these two teams. Uh, tomorrow night you got Nestor Cortez against uh, against. I'm not sure last name. The guy's last name uh, Tyler Anderson. You got uh, you got Gonz. You got the Yankees haven't announced a starter for Friday because I think that would have been Montgomery start against against Gonzalez. You got Haney against Flex, and Garrett Cole's not going to yeah. pitch on Sunday. So. Yeah. But I still think with this lineup and the way they're hitting, I think they're going to surprise. I think, you know, even without Cole Montgomery, I think they take 3 out of 4. I think this team is kind of turning the corner a little bit. I think this lineup is really going to have a big weekend at Yankee Stadium. I think I think it's going to be a fun weekend at Yankee Stadium even though the starting pitching doesn't line up doesn't line up for them. I think the Yankees take 3 out of 4 against the Mariners.
3: Yeah, I'll be there Saturday. I'm very excited. I, I did not think when we bought tickets back in June that this was going to be a big wild card series this weekend. I was kind of hope Nikki's would blow them out, out of the water by now. But, um, yeah, here they are. Here you know, here are the man. I, I think, you know, the managers are coming here, get a split at least. I like the way they're playing. Abraham Powell, the kid they, they got from the Astros, he's already got four home runs this week uh, or, you know, since they got. Uh, since Fran- they Fran- France France has been pretty good for them. Yeah, you know, obviously um, Seager, and
2: Han- Seager and Han and Haniger have had good years. Yeah. They've had they've had they've had have really good years and they if they had to have really good years and they have.
3: Yeah. And and they've been missing by their top young guy, Kyle Lewis, who's supposed to be back in a few weeks. So I really like what the Mariners team's done and especially in their bullpen wise. So I again I think the Mariners coming in here and, and get a split. Um they're playing really well right now against on the only six 0 right now against the Rays. So I do they're losing three one right now, but I do worry right now about this lineup, especially Andrew Haney has given up seven home runs this year, at Yankee stadium and six innings pitch. So um, H- Haney worries me here with the way the Mariners sort of swinging the bat. So I- I'm going to say the Yankees come out of this split. I just, I, I still don't know what offense we're going to get, you know? Um, and then like even tonight, Matt Harvey's got 18 and a third consecutive inning scoreless streak. Like, you know, I could see Harvey showing us down tonight or I could see his putting up Six against Matt Harvey. I just don't know.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and that's the thing about this offense. This offense is not consistent. Mm-hmm. And now with these moves, especially at home, this is, they made these moves to build this to get two left-handed hitters at Yankee Stadium, at home. This offense needs to be consistent. None of this, you know, three, two runs, three runs. They got to be scoring, you know, five, six runs a game with this offense.
3: Yeah, absolutely. They're still third. They're still yeah. there's actually I'm looking right now. They're third to last right now, still in the American League and run scored. You know, it's it's unacceptable with this lineup. It, it really is. So yeah, you know, they they have to be. They got to turn the corner. You know, um, they got to yeah, they got to get some consistency. They they need stand because some of the at bats again last week at the end of last week. It's like, dude, do you even want to be at the plate right now? Because it it I didn't really just he looked he could look completely lost up there. You know, just hasn't been great lately. I know he had a home run last night, but yeah, it's just, you know, Lamavy had like the I think bad at 230 for the month. Like and he's right now he's got like a 38 game on base consecutive streak. Like, you know, yeah, he's the guy that he's gotta get hot. So yeah, you know, if, if this lineup can get rolling in the way the pitching has been, then you know, look, there's they're only um five games out in the last column on the rage right now. If they can kind of go on a run here They can get back in the AL East picture, but this offense has to start to wake up like they did last night. And yeah, they have to get like they should get four or five runs every single night.
2: And speaking of the AL East, we're seeing some cracks from the two top teams in the AL East, and we'll start with the Red Sox. And the Red Sox have really struggled. I think a big reason has been is because of their starting pitching. I mean, if you if you look at what their starting pitching has done since in the last week, I mean. Erod was terrible in that game against the Blue Jays last Thursday. The, the, the rotation struggled in Tampa. Richard struggled last night. This rotation is really is really really struggling. JD Martinez, he, he's 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 during the losing streak. He's he's not been he's not been hitting well. I'm really surprised this team did not add a start at the deadline. I think Jose Barrios would have made a lot of sense to add another starting pitcher. I know Chris Sale is going to come back, but I think it's a mistake by Haim Bloom not to add another starting pitcher. I know this year they didn't think they were going to be as good as they were, but I felt like they really didn't get – I think getting Schwarber, yes, offensively they might be they, – they're, they're going to be better, but but he number one, he doesn't have a defensive position. He's not, he's not going to be as good defensively because you really can't play him in the field, and, and getting him – I don't think filled fulfilled your needs. I think you needed to beef up the bullpen, get a Craig Kimbrell, went to the White Sox, or get a starting pitcher like Jose Barrios who went to the Blue Jays.
3: Yeah, I know they didn't want to go Barrios because of what they had to give up. You know, Haim really wants to build up this farm system, and I think it would have required to kind of give up like a Tanner Houck or a Jaron Duran, and I don't think that Haim wanted to do that. I mean, Houck's been their
2: best pitcher in, yeah. in the last couple of weeks.
3: He has and they, they brought him down because you know they, they well he still has the option and you know they, they kind of had confidence in the rotation so that they can get it done. He'll pitch he'll pitch one of the games Saturday in the doubleheader up in Toronto, but um yeah, it's rotation. Garrett Richard, he had some innings last night where he looked good, and then he gets, you know, he gives up a couple walks and it just it ends from there, you know. Um Miguel Cabrera hit, you know, he didn't throw a bad pitch to Cabrera and you know, Cabrera just was able to just muscle it out there. Um, but, yeah, it's been the lineup. Going into the last night, J.D. Martinez was one for his last 25. He did get three hits last night, but he, you know, uh believe he ended the game again last night. He did Sunday night. Saturday night they had bases loaded twice in the sixth. Twice, inning. yeah,
2: that was huge. Yeah. Twice in the, twice in the, in the uh, sixth, sixth and seventh, right, bases yeah. loaded
3: yeah, twice. Six, seven. Yeah, and seventh. Yeah, he's going to get it running. You know, they're batting, I think, now 215 with base load now this year, which I think is 27th to 28th in the league. Like, you know, the the offense is starting to, you know, I I think, you know, like guys like Renfro, he hasn't played – he hasn't been an everyday player before. KK Hernandez, I know he's banged up, but like the Bogarts, you know, and the thing is like a Royal has been hurt constantly. Marvin Gonzalez has been on the IL. Jared Durant's struggling right now. He's having trouble catching up the fastballs um you know they just got rid of michael chief because again he's striking out i think it was like 32 percent of the time they just off the bench they don't really have guys that they can go to that they give some of these guys that they off like a devers and a bogart's and a martinez um what's a shorbert's actually um what, 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 what was the Sox rationale for getting Schwarber? they're they're gonna try my first base he's been working out for his base oh wow so um i think he's probably going to rehab assignment at the end of the week and come back next week um Obi said they don't have clutch
2: hitters and they proved that this weekend with yeah. those two situations with the bases loaded and then martinez came up in with two with two men on in the seventh and he came out with two men on the ninth and he and he didn't get he didn't get the big hit
3: yeah Absolutely. And, and yeah, the starters, yeah, it's, a, it's the link, you know? It's, yeah. It I always thought
2: I knew from, I knew from day one with this team, yeah. this, this rotation was going to catch up, was going to catch up to him. And, and uh, you can't just keep relying on your bullpen. I knew this rotation was going to, was going to catch up to him. This is not a great yeah. rotation at all. I mean, yes, yeah, some Ovaldi's pitched over his head at times, Pavetta's pitched over his head at times, but this wrote, and Erod was pitching better lately, but still, I just don't think this ro- I, I didn't think this. This is not a rotation for a World Series championship team. That's for sure.
3: No, it's not. And, and that's the thing. It's been yeah. Pavetta, if it's curveball is working, he's able to strike out guys that pitch. Again, he can use everything. Um, but yeah, be OB, obviously. Oh, up- absolutely, he's yeah. One of the at, best. Oh yeah, he's one of the to best. To be at this in point to still be one game out right now, to one of the best records in, America, in all baseball right now. Oh yeah, ton of credit to Alex score that. Yeah. Um, they're in this position right now. Yeah, it's just – it's been the depth. It's been, yeah, the lineup lately. You know, beginning of the year, they were getting clutch hits. You know, royal was coming up. You know, is one of the guys that they're missing. He was able to come off the bench. You know, he had a grand slam in the eighth inning against the uh, Braves um, back in May, I think it was, or May or June. Like, you know, Royal's kind of been that clutch guy off the bench, but he's been out, you know. Marwin's kind of come up with some key hits. You know, Devers did early on. Um, I, I still think Devers going to be able to do that. At some point, but yeah, lately they just haven't gotten the big hits that they were getting in the beginning of the year. And I, I wonder if it's just kind of fatigue, too, with some of these top guys and even with the pitching staff. I, I think, too, I, you know, again, we're getting that point. We only played 60 games last year. We're really getting that point of past 100 games. Some of these guys are, you know, weren't filled up last year for it. And and now we're kind of like we saw in the NBA, just a ton of injuries. And, you know, we're we're kind of seeing all that. AV calm, yeah, and you saw you saw uh, you saw Ovi's comment
2: Bogart's Devers and Martinez will do well, and they and they have they have they have done well all season. It, it is the bullpen that will struggle because the SP will not last. Yeah, the bullpen's a good the bullpen, they've had a good year. This bullpen, Matt Barnes, done a great job closing. They've had Whitlock step up, they've had guys step up in this bullpen. Yes, the biggest issue with the Red Sox and Ovi hit the nail on the head is the starting pitching is just not good enough, and they didn't address it at the trade deadline.
3: No, like the Yankees. Because, they, yeah.
2: The Yankees addressed their need. They addressed their offense, getting Rizzo, getting Rizzo, and getting uh getting a uh, Gallo. The Red Sox didn't. They didn't address their need at the trade deadline.
3: And they wanted Rizzo, you know, like that. That the yeah, Yankees because, because, Rizzo huge. They stole him from the side. Yeah, because because the Red Sox have one. Like,
2: I think they're thirtieth. Yeah. They're like thirtieth in Major League Baseball in, in production at first base.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, they are. They struggled. Dahlbeck's really struggled. You know, Danny St. play. played there struggled. So that's why they're going to try Schwarber there and see what happens. But um. Yeah, like a guy like Perez, I don't think he's gone past five innings all year. He may have done it once, but, you know, again, he's a guy that, he, you know, he's a guy that, like, I don't know what they're going to do with him because they can't throw him in the bullpen because he doesn't have the stuff for that. Richards, I think, maybe goes to the bullpen, but, you know. And, and uh, yeah, uh, Ova,
2: another great comment win. by Ian uh, Bloom will not pursue big contracts. He won't. He came from yeah. He came from Tampa. He, that Those are his roots are from Tampa. He's not going to go out and sign big-time players. He wants to build the farm system. So he's not going to go out and buy players. This, the, he's, he's, he come, he's came from Tampa. That could come back to bite him, though, because you can't run the Red Sox like you ran the Rays. You can't run the Red Sox like it's a small market team. You're going to have to – if, if you're, you're in a big market now in Boston, you're going to have to spend money. Even, every time the Red Sox have won a World Series, they went out – yeah, they haven't spent like the Yankees, but they went out and spent in 2004 – they went out and got Kurt. They went out and got Kurt Schilling. They got Key and they got uh and they got Keith, and they got Keith Folk. They also had Kurt Schilling back back in two thousand seven. Uh, obviously in uh, in two thousand thirteen, uh they uh they went out and, and they didn't spend a ton, but they 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 made they made the they made the smaller moves. They, they went out and got the Napoli's, They went out and got the uh, the Victorinos. They went out and they made they made some of the smaller moves. And then in two thousand eighteen, they went out and and, and uh, signed Craig Kimbrell. And they went out and signed David Price. So the Red Sox have definitely have definitely spent money when they've won championships. So you know, they haven't spent like the Yankees or Dodgers, but still, I am Bloom can't run things in Boston like he ran things in Tampa. It's just not going to work for the, for those fans. They expect to get some free agents. That that that's just yeah. the way it is in Boston.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Now you know. I think he's gonna kinda of run it like Andrew Free does out in with the Dodgers. Again, he's a former right now. He doesn't have to I don't think he'd be able to spend two hundred and seventy-five million dollars on his team, but yeah, I think I think that's kind of what Heim I should kinda of gotta build it to, like what the Dodgers have. You know, the rich farm system again, like they don't you know, they just got sure Trey Turner didn't really do a dent in their farm system. I think that's kind of where he wants to get it to, but yeah, be able to kind of get right around that um the cap, you know, I think they're, what, 210, I think their they're thing is. They're right around there. So, yeah, like, you know, he could spend up there. Like, Bogarts, I think, can opt out next year. He's going to have – you're going to have to pay Bogarts probably upwards of $30 million next year. So, you know, that would be interesting. Devers' contract's, you know, I think he's still got a couple years, but I think he's getting close to arbitration. He's going to, you know, you may have to lock him up soon. So, yeah, you know, he's going to have to spend – um some money here at some point, yeah, to, to run the Red Sox. And Obi just put a comment. Great show, guys. Thank you, Obi. Thank, yeah, yeah,
2: thank you for listening. And we, and I tell all the listeners, we will, we will, you know, we will steer the show in your direction. Whatever you know, you guys want to talk about, we have topics. But we obviously, we we, we love we love the fact that you guys are listening and you guys are commenting. So we will steer the show in the direction you guys want to steer it in. So we definitely absolutely appreciate that. Thank you, Ovi for that comment.
3: Yeah, thank you, Obi. Yeah, absolutely. We'll you know we'll steer it in whatever direction you guys want to go to and. Yeah, yeah, we'll answer whatever, whatever
2: yeah. questions or comments. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, b- back on the Red Sox, and uh, and uh, yeah, so going into, going into this weekend, uh, we'll, we'll, they're in Detroit right now. They lost last night. We'll, 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 before we go to Toronto, we'll talk about them in Detroit, and uh, and I think they lose tonight. I think you got Eddie Rod against Casey Mize. Casey Mize, one of the best, one of the better young pitchers in baseball. I think they lose tonight. I think they, I think they, uh, I think they do win on on Thursday tomorrow in the one o'clock game. But I think this weekend in Toronto, I think of all the, I think they win on Friday. I think they lose the first game Saturday. Uh, I think they, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Robbie Ray beats them on Sunday and I think Rue beats them on, 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 I think uh, R- Robbie Ray beats them in the last game on Saturday and I think Rue beats them on Sunday. So I, I got the Blue Jays three out of four. I don't like the direction of this Red Sox team right now. And it's just not me being a Yankee fan, it's just me being realistic.
3: Yeah, what I've seen from this team the last two nights, you know, since that Toronto series, the offense has just really struggled. And, yeah, you know, Mize is a tough matchup tonight. Um, Especially they need A-Rod to really bounce back. I felt like his start through was like holes. He had the strikeout pitch going. I think he had eight strikeouts in four innings. He just gave up the long ball. He walked too many, you know, um, whatever the issue was the other night. Yeah, he was not good. Perez, I don't trust Perez at all. Perez is really – Perez, yeah, it Perez depends is, on the umpire. Perez is it, bad. Perez isn't good. It depends on the umpire. If he's getting the pitches off the off the plate where he – you know, because he can't throw – he's got to throw – he's got to nibble. If he's not getting the calls, he's going to have a long day. If he's going to get the calls, then he may be able to kind of keep you in the game. But, you know, yeah, I think they pull out either today. I think they – better chance they pull out tomorrow – and against the Blue Jays, yeah, the way they're hitting right now, it, Alex Manoa has been great, you know, since come up, coming up. Robbie Ray is like a dark horse right now for the AL Cy Young. Burrios pitched well Sunday, and he's one of the top pitchers. I could see them losing, you know, I, I think they win one of the four. I don't know which one, though, because the Blue Jays starting pitching, you know, that rotation now is it, pretty solid. So I, I think they find a way to steal one, probably one of the games on Saturday. But yeah, I, I think they're going to have a rough time, especially Sunday. Richards going against Ryu, I don't see him win that one. And after that, the Red Sox host the so It Doesn't get any easier for them. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you get the raid now with Sale going uh, Saturday against actually the Yankees Triple A team, Wolfieus Grand. He's probably going to start next weekend, probably Thursday or Friday. So um, they gave him the extra day. And they uh, do play the, the
2: Orioles, Sox. so that it yeah. should be an easy that should be an easy game for him.
3: They, yeah that's true whatever day so yeah they kind of they got to tread water and I think Schwarber should be back right around the same time Sale does so you know if they can kind of tread some water until they get that bad of Schwarber and Sale you know it, it could be a rough another week here for the Sox
2: yeah, absolutely absolutely but talking about the team they're going to play next week and that's the Rays and they're in trouble too because Glass now it, it's officially getting Tommy John right yeah, I think he
3: was going today, I think, the
2: surgery. Yeah, so, it's always, so he's going in Tommy John surgery. That's a big, big loss for the Rays. They're pitching. That was the reason why they lost the two games to the Mariners this week. They're starting pitching, and they traded Rich Hill, too, so their starting pitching is very, very thin. This definitely is a team that's better offensively, with Nelson Cruz and the way Wander Franco's hit lately, and obviously the season Austin Meadows has had. It's definitely a better team offensively than it was last year, but pitching-wise, it's not even close to the team it was pitching-wise. Even though the bullpen and offense are good, I don't know if the starting pitching is enough, to, Is enough, if they have enough starting pitching to win the AL East. And I'll ask this question to you, Justin. Do, do the Rays have enough starting pitching I mean, now to win the AL East?
3: Right now, I don't think so. Archer was supposed to be coming back soon. He had a great rehab start, and then his last one, he got hurt again. And I think he's going to start throwing again Friday. So, Archer's probably now another three weeks away. They're, they thought he was much closer. Um, Luis Patino fits well Thursday against the Yankees, but – you know, he's, he's struggled most of the year. Walker struggled. You know, Yarbrough is kind of, you know, he's the guy that can get hit hard because he doesn't really have strikeout stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Rays definitely could be in trouble. Their offense, you know, obviously, Allen Nelson Cruz, one of the best powers of the game hope. Uh Wanda Franco had a big weekend against the Sox. He's really, in his short time, has really hurt the Sox. Um, but, yeah, you know, again, their bullpen's, been good but how how long can you rely on these guys they're not you know you can't rely on these guys 162 games to you know get you 15 20 you know 18 outs a game it just they won't last and they have 14 pitchers on the I.L. right now and that may not be a coincidence
2: yeah yeah I'm telling you right now I know the Blue Jays and the Yankees the Yankees are six games out and Blue Jays are seven games out but because those teams address their needs at the trade deadline I still think both of those teams not only have a chance to get the second wild card, but I think both of them could have a chance to win the division.
3: I think so too. I like the Blue Jays right now better than the Yankees because they're, I really like the rotation now. I like Manoa. I like Rios. Um Ray Ray's been a great pickup. And, and, I like they, the and,
2: better. And they found a closer
3: with yeah. Romano.
2: They found a closer, and they you know they and they and they got a. They got, Brett, they, got hand, hand, great, they got a hand bro. from the Nationals. Not great, but as a setup, I'll take him as a setup man yeah. over him being a being, being a closer. Yes, he blew those two saves for the he blew his, the last two saves save a t- uh, opportunities for the Nationals. He blew those, but I'll take him as a setup man to, to to beef up that bullpen. That bullpen has definitely improved than it was at the beginning of the year. I'm telling you, Toronto oh, is nice. definitely a team, a team to look out for. They might they they could be very dangerous in the postseason.
3: Yeah, they can with that lineup, the slugging and. They got pitchers that can line up with you. Ryu's been there. Barrios is pitching some playoff games. So, yeah, the, that blue – They don't Jays have that true
2: there. number one, but they got some depth in the rotation getting uh, Barrios.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely now. And they got one year of – uh, you know, they got one more year of him too at least. And you would think maybe they do sign him. But, yeah, you know, um, he's not – yeah, they don't have that true number one. But, yeah, Ryu's a guy that's one of World Series. And he's had one of the lower ERAs like the last few years in the whole league. You know – Manoa's kind of come on the scene here and really has been good, you know. So it's you know in his first few starts here up in the major league. So yeah, they're bullpen can kind of and you know I like the Adam Chamber move. I, I like you know getting a, oh the guy into soria who's been here. Yeah, I, I really like this Blue Jays ro- rotation right now. It's it, it's solid, you know. I think you know that fifth guy like a stripling, a mats, you know, not great, but. One through four, they can kind of match with anybody pretty much. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely,
2: absolutely. So before we wrap up baseball, we'll talk about a little bit about the NL West. And uh, Tatis is on the I.L. again. Uh, but then you got the Dodgers with their big moves with Max Scherzer and uh, with, with Scherzer and Turner. And then you got the Giants getting Chris Bryant. The big question is who's the best team in the NL West? I think the Padres are out because they're gonna have they're gonna have a uh, Tatis out for, for I think a week or two, but I think they're out with their six games out. They're gonna get one of the wild cards. We know that. Who is gonna win that division? The Giants or Dodgers? It's gonna it's gonna surprise you who I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Dodgers just because they went out and got Scherzer, and once Turner uh, starts playing, I think that lineup is gonna be really really good. Even though Betts and Bellinger haven't played to their potential, played to their capability.
3: Yeah, actually, I got the Giants. Now the Dodgers. It sounds like they're. They're gonna sign uh, Cole Hamlet the next few hours. Yeah, so, they are. They uh, are. I saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that will help the rotation out. Again, I just don't really this diet rotation just so banged up right now. Um Jayce, yeah, that's yeah, right now, yeah. Asking yeah, who's is 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 asking, asking that question?
2: This the same as the best team I in baseball. The, I, uh, guy, I, I I wouldn't say that. I think the Astros are a better team they're than the Giants. In. I think yeah, I think the Giants have a have a really good record. But the problem is some of those records are a little inflated because you know they got the worst team in baseball in their division, and you have another bad team and you have another team that's not that good in their division in the Rockies. So I think the, the, those records are a little inflated. Because if you look at the Padres and the and the Dodgers, there are guys in the Padres and Dodgers. You have the Betzes, the uh, Bellingers, the Hosmer. You've guys like Hosmer for the for the Padres who have not had great years, but they're still in the playoffs. I would say the I'd say the best team in baseball right now, it might not even be the Dodgers and the Giants. Uh, I think it's it's the, it's the Houston Astros. I know their rotation's not that, it's not it's not great because I think McCull- McCullers and Granky McCullers has pitched well. Granky's been a little oh, up yeah. and down, but I think their lineup is outstanding and I their bullpen is one of the top in baseball. So I would say the Astros right now for me, I think right now I, th- I think it's the Astros and the Dodgers. The Astros have shown it more than the Dodgers, but I think the Astros and Dodgers are the two best teams in baseball. And ironically, they're playing right now. <laughs> Funny, this wasn't a topic; they're actually playing. And yeah. you see
3: that fan throw the trash can on the field. Yes, I so saw that was pretty, Yes, I did see that. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, Dodgers just got shut out last night. Surprisingly. Hey, again, I, right now my top two teams. I do like the point because the Astros right now have been playing so well, and the White I Sox got to
2: and the White Sox yeah. got to be put in there too with the with the addition of Kimbrell.
3: Oh yeah, that back in the rotation with Hendricks too now. Um, that that's another team that's really good right now. I right now I think the Giants are the best team in baseball. You know that rotation of the guys they have right now. Yeah, a it, lot of it, no it,
2: names. It's a lot
3: of no names, yeah. but still, Kevin pitching man. well. Yeah, who would yeah, have thought God Kevin
2: Gausman would pitch this well?
3: And they gave him the qualify offer, which I was like, "That why?" And, and he's been unbelievable. You know, Johnny Cueto's gotten the job done. Anthony Gosefano, even Aaron Sanchez in the bullpen's pitched pretty well for him. You know, like uh, I love adding Chris Bryant now, and they should get Evan Longoria and Brandon Belt back. I think by this weekend. So I, I think that's gonna help the Giants out even better. Yeah, they play two of the worst teams in, in you know baseball in that division, but they take, they played well this year against the Dodgers and Padres. You know they've held their own. So um, I, I'm not really a big Dave Cap. Ka- I, well, I wasn't a big Dave Capler guy going into the season, but again, he, he's done a great I, job. I think Philly might, Philly might have made a mistake. I think they, I yeah. think they might have gotten rid of him too soon.
2: I, I know I, I don't mind the fact Girardi's there, but. Mm-hmm. I, think, I just don't think the team might have been good enough for Cap. I think they got rid of him too soon.
3: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I, I don't think he – um, yeah, I don't think he, he had a good enough team. I know right from the beginning they got booed because of the way um, – the end of the bullpen that, like, opening day against the Mets a few years ago. And I know they just kind of spiraled out of control from then. But, yeah, you know, he, he's really done a good job this lineup. They lead the league in home runs. They don't strike out. You know, they're up there and slugging like – you know, it's a team that's really just put together and it kind of just seems like that magical Giants run they had back, you know, 2000 or 2012, 2014, 2016 when, you know, they won the World Series every year. Um, and then it was like the, the odd years, they weren't, you know, they finished like 500. It just kind of feels like that year where the Giants sneak up on teams and, you know, you know, win the World Series. We'll see
2: what happens. We'll see what happens. It'll be a fun, you know, last month and a half of the baseball season. Then we got the postseason. So we'll be talking a lot of baseball in in the next coming month in, in, in the next couple months. But we'll wrap up the show talking about a little about talk about the Olympics and Team USA got to the uh, got to the semifinals by beating uh, by be, by beating Spain. But the big challenge ahead of them against Australia and Patty Mills. This is gonna be a really really tough game. You saw Australia winning that game. Over, uh, Ar- they crushed Argentina, I think, 97, 97 to 59. 59. Yeah. So, I think that's going to be a really, really tough, t- tough test for, for Team USA in the semifinals. But I do think they're going to win it. And I would love to see Luca against Team USA in the final. That would be that would be a really, really great Olympic final to see. I wish it was actually on cable TV. It said it's Peacock, yes. it said a Peacock, mm-hmm. but it'd be a great Olympic final to see, uh, uh Luca against uh, Team USA.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, they uh Australia would be a tough test. Patty Mills has played well for him. Um for Team Australia. Um, you know, yeah, it's gonna be a tough test to get, get through. You know, USA's kinda of gone off the couple of so starts, so I think they gotta get off to a fast start. But yeah, what Luka Donish is doing down in uh Sylvania for the first time they've ever qualified for the Olympics and you know, their seven tries, being defeated. Um he's been on un- he's been unsolvable. Um uh, it was nice to see I was you know they watched most of that game because Germany – Uh, Niels Giffey was playing for, for Germany as well. Oh, wow. He led wow. Germany that wow. day in uh, scoring. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, coming off the bench. So I, I've been trying to watch some Germany games as well, so I did catch most of that Sylvania-Germany game. But, yeah, you know, um, it was shy to triple-double. He's been playing well. Uh, that would be a great game if, if U.S. and uh Sylvania meet up for the gold medal match.
2: Yeah, we'll see what happens there. We'll we'll see what happens, and we'll probably be, it'll be re, we'll be we'll be recapping it because it'll all be over by Sunday. So we'll be recapping the Olympics next week. But that's going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with R and J. For our producer, Jace Garcia, you did a great job. And for Justin and Afrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking preseason week one in the NFL, uh, Yanks and Sox, and any NBA offseason news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone.
0: It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Oh! High fly ball, right field. Grossman back, track, wall. Into the second deck. A grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge. And the Yankees are pouring it on.
1: For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with RJ every
0: Wednesday at 1 p.m. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the g man and great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichman. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.